folks, it's time for Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show about the crucial political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and the nation at large. Join us for a stimulating, thought-provoking discussion. You'll get the facts as we focus on the challenges facing everyone. Folks, I hope everybody is doing well with the fires and stuff that we're experiencing. Steve Williamson here, sitting across from me, is uh, my co-host. Hello. Good morning. Nice to be here. Hava. Yeah, There's a lot of smoke coming in last uh, night, but it's nice to see it clear up this morning. I refer to her as Hava person. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a guest today who's... Uh, a long-time serving member of um, both the Democratic Party. She's been on the Sedona School Board. She's the longest-serving member of the school board. Uh, and she's on the state committee, the state Democratic committee, Karen McClellan. And when I look for expertise, Hava, on, on what's happening in the state, when I look for somebody who will study and read every crazy yeah. thing that the legislature does, I look to Karen. Yep. Yeah, Karen's post. my go-to on Facebook for you're, all my You're really our yep. go-to, Karen. Yeah, you really are. Are, I, you know, I have focus problems because <laughs> it's so it's, it's so boring. I do want to just say as a little introduction today, um, that what we've seen in the Democratic Party, both in Arizona, and uh, Karen's going to talk about some of that, and also nationally, is an astonishingly bald and obvious power grab. Yeah, just the Republican Party, justified by paranoia, by self-aggrandizement, um, and um, I, what seems over the last year is increasingly a, a Republican Party that does not care about fairness, tradition, national unity, or the, uh, any of the other values. It's just a take-no-prisoner political approach. There's nobody, the only, the only mediator in American politics were the courts, but the courts are also controlled, at least in large part, by conservatives and Republicans. So there's no moderator to the process. There's no one who calls them on this, except I guess you call the mainstream media. The problem now is the media is broken into two parts. The media like the New York Times or the Washington Post with all their reporters and thinkers and stuff and their spectrum of opinion from conservative to liberal. That's one area. But Republican voters are completely focused on another area, which is Fox News. And Fox News, for example, has gotten into a uh, campaign about uh, critical race theory. And we'll talk about that later. All right. Okay. All right. The The toughest intellectual problem for Arizona Democrats is the Arizona legislature. What have they done? Karen, this what's last the latest? Year. <laughs> what's the latest and what's the worst? Uh, nothing, well, there's nothing particularly good coming out of the budget. Anybody who's followed that has seen the well, the legislature obviously this year due to COVID and they to some degree use that as an excuse. There was very little public input mm. anywhere along the system. You know, public chances for people to physically talk to the legislature were limited. You know, even coming, it was very difficult to come in and Zoom to testify. So they did a lot of things without a lot of public input. As it came along, and then we've came to the to the budget, and the Arizona budget always it's the governor writes a budget, 
He gives it to the leader, the Republican leadership in the House when it's a Republican governor and a Republican majority, and they write, they put a budget out. They don't tell anybody. They don't even tell their own members sometimes of the details until yeah, it's finished, yeah. let alone ask the Democrats. And the, right now in the Arizona Senate, it's only one vote separating the Republicans and the Democrats. Oh. So they're passing this extreme only, legislation yeah. based on a single vote. Straight party line vote. Every single budget bill except for one. And I don't remember how many were the because they break the budget up into the education budget, mm-hmm. the university budget, all the different departments. So there's lots of different bills, and every one except for one bill passed on a straight party line vote. Uh, which one the, was that? The uh, re- education bill failed mm-hmm. because three Demo- three Republicans voted against it. Talk because, about that a little bit. Because Karen. one of these, um, besides the budget, the budget is supposed to be budget bills that talk about we're going to appropriate a million dollars for this project, we're going to raise taxes or lower taxes, but this year they included all kinds of things that people would say were policy having nothing to do with money uh-huh. and in the education bill had several of those one of them was an expansion of the education savings accounts which are basically vouchers mm-hmm. that didn't would not have passed in the regular session because a couple of democrats uh, republicans in the house were opposed so when that bill came up all the bill, whole bill that supposedly funds everything with education was you know, did not pass because three Republicans refused to increase the number of vouchers. Mm-hmm. And right. the bill, what they asked there would have taken it from about 20 percent of students eligible to get that voucher to go to private schools, to use our tax money to go mm-hmm. to any private school mm-hmm. they want to. And in Arizona, that means probably a religious school. Yeah. And three Republicans said no. They were not going to expand it. They, they would, seem to want to actually, Karen, just destroy the public school yeah. system they seem to want to undercut yeah. it i mean that's that's basically i've that's gotten that pressure for for years and and i'm glad that that failed i guess it's it that's one of the good things yeah. that happened in this yeah in now this we have session. to see because that means that bill has to go back to the senate to see if they will repass it as is the senate added the wording expanding the voucher program the uh Repo- the house took it out so now those has to be re- those bills have to be reconciled. The House bill goes back to the Senate. The Senate can leave it as is, which they might. They, there's also there's another another part of that bill which a couple of Republicans in the Senate don't like. That was the second part of that bill, which was even more policy. You could argue that vouchers have to do with money, so it should be in the budget bill. Mm-hmm. The second part that the Repu- Republican House added is a segment that wants to create a civics curriculum. That would be written and presented to every single school would have to follow this curriculum. Mm -hmm. The people designated to write the curriculum are what's known as the freedom schools. Um, Some years ago, the Koch brothers established an institute inside of ASU, a political institute. Mm -hmm. The state of Arizona has funded that every year. They've added them. They give them a million, a million and a half dollars. There's a similar school at NAU and one at at the U of A. I'm guessing they're conservative. It's the Koch brothers, (laughs) libertarian and conservative. Mm. You know, it's a different, a little bit different view than you think of some of the Republican Party Day. It's, Mm. it's, Mm. you know, it's Koch brothers, libertarian conservatism as opposed to Donald Trump. But mm. they, they are now, they're being tasked to write a curriculum. Wow. State Board of Education has no control over, and every wow. single school would have to follow. And no, this is basically no right people who work for the Koch brothers directly or yeah. indirectly. They want a curriculum that talks about uh, how wonderful democracy is and how wonderful the United States is, and they'd like oral histories to be studied of people who escaped from totalitarian and communist regimes, all of which is good, but it's still going to be one point of view. It's going to basically... 
They want a denunciation, I heard, of communism, and there aren't any communists yes. anymore. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a little late in the day yeah. to have a communist. Sure, write it in. It, it's, it's something else is driving it, seems to me, Karen, rather than a kind of logical. What they want to shut down Black Lives Matters. Matter. They want to shut down any discussion of. Uh, uh, criticism of, yeah. of policing, right? And they want they want it to be more patriotic indoctrination. Right, well, the Republican right. Party's always been about you know military and yeah. And yeah. Well, this this thing along, along with some of the other things in there, um, the thing that would would basically tries to forbid teachers from teaching controversial subjects, right. mostly right. in the social. Now we're talking about controversy in social studies, right? Like slavery and, mm-hmm. and discrimination, as opposed to in the past we've argued about evolution and science. Now we're talking about social let's, studies. Let's which talk- much, about that much, a little hard, more. Yeah, much harder to describe what's con- what's controversial. So th- this would forbid teachers from discussing controversial the, the, topics. The, the How two, does it work? The House and Senate have slightly different wording. Um, the one thing would say that you could not require a student to attend. It talks about classes that teach you to feel ashamed because of your your of your race. Mm-hmm. Basically, it says it, these things that based you know they take. Things said in some best-selling books, which are not curriculum anywhere, mm-hmm. by some writers who sort of feel that, you know, there are writers who've written best-selling books that say everyone who's white deserves a share of guilt and should feel guilty about what happened in the past. But that particular point of view is not in a curriculum. That's some specific author in a best-selling book, mm-hmm. which is different from saying, yes, we had discrimination in the past. Yes, we have discrimination today. Slavery was bad. We didn't treat the American Indians very well. We haven't treated you know, other immigrants well. So, so they'd say, well, they want, and that goes along with this Koch brothers idea. They'd like to have a curriculum that says, yeah, bottom line is America is wonderful. It's, it, it, is, it does no evil, and we should all right. be it's glad all we past. lived here, and everything's always, everything has always been good, and mm-hmm. everything always will right. be good, which we know is not true no matter what country you live so in. So they want to shut down any of the criticism coming to the American justice system, the American politics, from uh, the demonstrations that we see. Uh, and uh, they're focused on something called critical race theory, which – uh, maybe give a, a shorthand because apparently critical race theory, at least I've heard about it for a couple of decades, but it's actually older. It's like 40 years mm-hmm. old. But they're now there's a huge campaign on Fox News. They mis- mentioned it a thousand times and they've had all their people getting really excited mm-hmm. about critical race theory. And uh, tell us a little bit about why they're focused on why do they not want that to be discussed? Well, let's just firstly start with critical race theory is only taught in law school. Yeah, it's it, not it's a, not a it's not, it's a, not a, a grade school curriculum, curriculum. right? Or even a, high school. Well, and apparently from something I read, there's a New York New Yorker article so uh, sometime last year, perhaps one particular conservative writer latched on that as a way to describe everything he didn't like about. You know, the quote unquote woke movement and the cancel, Mm -hmm. and thought it was a nice shorthand, which was picked up by Fox News. So it's become a shorthand. A couple years Mm -hmm. ago, it was not used that way. Mm -hmm. But it's, they don't like the the idea. It's part of the, what's being, what they're attacking actually in grade schools and schools is the idea of equity, Mm -hmm. which is some of the Mm -hmm. school, school boards around the country where they have had demonstrations. The, what's often on the agenda is not critical, not curriculum. 
but discrimination and equity policies inside the school, mm-hmm. a policies against discrimination, policies that sort of said we're not going to discriminate against anybody, policies that look at things and say, okay, we're a big school district, which we obviously aren't in Sedona, but a big school district that says our very best teachers should probably be teaching in our schools that have the most need, where the students are struggling the most, mm-hmm. which can be moving teachers around in different things. Yeah, they look and say, gee, we have a very multi-ethnic community, or we have a very community with a, a, purport, a large proportion of Hispanic students or black students. Therefore, we should have teachers that are Hispanic and black. So the schools and, are discussing and doing one thing, Karen, yeah, as you're saying, it's, yeah. and, and critical race theory is not taught in any of them. No. Right, which is my understanding. Yeah. But, but that's become the focus of the campaign. Because it doesn't really exist. This faux moral outrage. exists in in colleges, I know. The people who specialize in it. There are a number of school districts. The New York Times is a series of articles a year or two ago, the 1619 Project, Mm -hmm. that examined the history of slavery in the United States. Mm -hmm. There are a number of school districts that use that. Maybe not as the only curriculum, but actually use those articles as additional materials in the classroom just history because it's well written and yeah. it's a specific focus and the typical textbooks don't yeah. don't do a deep dive into anything mm-hmm. so there are there are districts there's a few a few in in arizona a few in the phoenix area that have adapted as, a, as supplementary materials so george will in a column said that 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 project teaches that the american revolution was to protect slavery not in race yeah. and the idea that the american revolution it starts in like texas yeah. so the texas revolution was really yeah. a the problem was that Mexico had abolished slavery and and, and yeah. texas had slavery and so it was part of the the freedom and now uh, will is denouncing that that whole yeah. thing because it says that the american revolution was uh generated because as a defense of slavery and he has a a, a timeline that shows that that That's, in one you know, sense a, contra- be a controversial true. point of view but part of the idea is I mean, and no one's teaching this in third grade mm-hmm. the point of teaching these things in high school or in college is actually to stimulate discussion. That's what schools are supposed mm-hmm, to be for. Mm-hmm. We all know if you think back a number of years when they first talked about the idea of a common core Yes. The real bottom line that a lot of mostly Republicans didn't like about Common Core was it was meant to teach critical thinking. It was meant to introduce primary sources, nonfiction into high schools in particularly so that students would discuss and so students would learn how to recognize an opinion piece from a, let's say, a history piece. So somebody could listen to the news and sort of try to decide this guy said something is true. What were his sources? Mm -hmm. You know, this article says this is the miracle cure for x how do you decide it was meant to talk about that aspect of and that involves questioning well, uh, texas right. has a law banning teaching of critical thinking <laughs> yeah, critical thinking yeah. which yeah wow. because obviously uh-huh. if, you, if you're learning about how to distinguish a commercial when that commercial says cracker jacks are the best thing to eat in the world how do you decide of course if you if you learn that then you're going to question other things mm-hmm. in texas they were worried about students questioning their parents religion you know that initially right. now the idea is that it, you're encouraging students to question the fact you know that my country is the is perfect uh-huh. you know, and uh, we uh-huh. all know that so what That's else? The only way you change this, is by talking about what might be wrong. Right. What else has the legislature done in this session to well, excite <laughs> our interest? The bottom line that's going to be the permanent change. These things we just talked about can all be undone by the next legislature with a majority vote. You know, they can all anything to do with policy can always be overturned. Also, the people 
can, as we did before with the last voucher vote, can go and collect signatures and put a repeal of any of these laws on the ballot mm-hmm. in 2022. Yeah. That may happen to some of these. There's already talk on some things to do with voting and things. But the real thing there is the change in the tax structure. Mm-hmm. Haven't they going haven't they tried tax. to undo mm-hmm. what the voters have told them to do? Isn't there been a campaign on several important yeah. education and economic issues to undo what yeah. the voters well, said they wanted done? Well, the voters tried over two separate sessions. So in the heat of the summer, you know, at, at 115 degrees in Phoenix, people last year, two years ago, collected signatures to put Prop 208 in the ballot, mm-hmm. which was meant to have a surcharge on taxes of people who earned I think it was over $250,000. So oh, that's horrible. If your taxable income was $250,000, any dollar over that you would pay a little extra tax on specifically, and that money would go towards education. Mm-hmm. So in, in, the, in the various tax bills of the legislature, they have basically removed that. They can't eliminate it completely, but they have cha- they're changing the stat- tax structure so that that person with his $500,000 income, let's say, is paying the same tax or less than they did last year. Now, the the, the three and a half percent of that money has to still go to education. But rather than the than me as a person who's rich paying extra taxes, the legislature out of the general fund is going to have to take more money out of the general fund to put it towards education on one bill. And the other bill would just reduce when they when people voted for that bill. They said it would generate about nine hundred thousand dollars of additional funding for education. With the changes Mm -hmm. the legislature's put in the budget bills, it's going to be maybe half of that. Mm. Somewhere between you know four hundred fifty, five hundred, maybe six hundred thousand. This, this so they're overturning thing. the will of the voters, yeah. but they've yeah. done it. They they didn't actually. You know, the law is still there. The money still be collected, but the pool of money is so much smaller now because they have reduced the top tax rates. Mm-hmm. And, and and in Arizona, to to raise a tax requires three quarter votes. So any time the legislature cuts a tax, it's essentially permanent. It really yeah. doesn't matter whether we have a Democratic or Republican legislature. You know, anything that requires that many people is hard to do. Even if they're all of one party, mm-hmm, <laughs> no, yeah. we've, we've seen so, that all the time. So tax cuts can be done by a simple one vote majority in, say, the yeah. state senate, but increasing taxes would have a to super be majority. done by a super majority. By basically a super majority. And this tax cut, the governor, if you read what he's saying, oh, everyone will get a tax cut. Well, uh, if yes. you if you if you're Taxable income is less than $50,000. You're really not getting a tax. You might get enough for an extra latte. Mm-hmm. If you're making that sort of 50000 to maybe that 200 you're going to get a small tax cut. Mm-hmm. But unless you're making you know, way up there into the hundreds of thousands of dollars of income, your tax cut is going to be double digits, $50, mm-hmm. $70, $99. It's not going to be enough to make a difference in your life. You know, somebody there joked that that's enough to pay their cable, you know, their, right. their, their Netflix for a year. And this is somebody with a, you know, a decent job. How is this going to affect overall funding, though? I well, mean, how much money, uh, how much money from the budget will this tax, uh, don't tax the rich thing It's going to, cost? it's going to, it, it phases in in a couple of years. It's going to, it's going to be a huge amount of, of money. Um, the, the income to the state, I don't have the exact figures. It's around, around 12, $12 billion. It's going to get down to like 11. It's like a billion dollar cut over a couple of years into different things. So it's and it means everything will get cut because there will be less money. And the state of Arizona has cut taxes every single legislative session except one or two since about 1980. We already have one of the lowest uh, 
income tax structures in mm-hmm. the country. Mm-hmm. And every year they say, we're, if we cut taxes, more businesses will come and the economy will go up. We've been cutting taxes for decades. Good old trickle down. And people come or don't come, and, and but we've been cutting, you know, to the point we have, and this, and of course, this year we have a billion dollars in the rainy day fund, which mm-hmm. we're still going to have a big chunk of that left. Mm-hmm. They are using a little bit of it, but we still have a big chunk of it left. We're not really advancing anything. And like I said, these tax cuts are permanent. And the, and since the Arizona budget basically goes to fund public education, uh, to some degree, something for higher education, access and health care. You know, you know, the, the DPS, the correction system, you know, it's not, we're not funding what people would consider fringe ideas. We're funding, you know, the we're funding really basic, right? Basic needs of people. Courts and, and prisons. Courts, the and, basic things um, people want. We can argue about how you fund courts and prisons, but everybody agrees you need courts and prisons. The police, you know, those are funded in the state. But a lot of the biggest chunks of the funding is access, the health care program, Medicare, and Medicare, so that's and, what the, and public education. So those they're, things will get cut. So the there were bills, for example, the issue to expand the eligibility of children for what's called kids care. Mm-hmm. If your parents make too much money for them to get some of these, you know, to be on med- on access, there used to be things where you can, your child might be able to get access and free health care, even if the parent made too much money mm-hmm. because they couldn't afford to buy regular insurance. So they're cutting and benefits they, to the poor and people yeah. who are stressed. Yeah. And, and they, that's really what it's about. And that's how they're saving the money largely. Yeah, we're on, not expanding any of these things. We've got no. money and we don't want to expand any of those things. Yeah, certain amounts of that expansion are, are in the law, you have to increase certain things by inflation. So, everything, or or by the number of people. The population of Arizona is increasing, and inflation exists. So the budget automatically increases in some of these areas. But these other things that we've left out, they did put a uh, increase in, in unemployment from two hundred, I think, two hundred eighty dollars a week to three hundred twenty dollars a week, Ooh, starting wow. at some point. Wow. But that's about the only thing they really gave to so, struggling people so, in Arizona. So the budget is traditional sort of, I guess, Republican <laughs> thing, which they don't want the money going to the to the undeserving poor, mm-hmm. which is pretty much all of poor. <laughs> and uh, and they don't want money going for facilities, I guess, for 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 mental health and for for, uh, you know, for home care and for uh, basically Medicaid. Right. Yeah. And even in that, and a lot of that shift is the idea to privatize things. Yeah. There were a few small things I noticed in the budget. Um, you know, there was a fund where the state of Arizona—I don't know through act, I don't exactly how it worked—but there was money set aside, like for suicide prevention for veterans. Right. The money is still there, but it's now being—it's now being given to some nonprofit to administer. Mm-hmm. I don't know what nonprofit. It may be wonderful, but it's the—it's still this idea that mm-hmm. the state is sort of pushing these aside. That we're going to—we're we're not going to administer the program. We're not going to organize the program. We're not going to make sure it's fair or accessible. Mm-hmm. We're going to pass money out to these private. This was suicide prevention for. for Veterans. Veterans. And I, I don't know the nonprofit. It wasn't named. So it may be perfect. Right. But it's the idea that the, you know, the, the several, uh, several of these other things, the state gives money to nonprofits and they're trying to shift rather than just giving a, like a, a nonprofit to expand and do and right. emphasize a program and help you expand access. They're going to make some of these things will be administered solely by nonprofits. So like as a opposed to the state of Arizona, right. hmm. which I said is good or bad. But yeah, you don't know. Let's talk about voter suppression. And uh, the uh, campaign against the current Secretary of State. Tell us how they structured this particular. Yeah, uh, yeah the item. Uh, Republicans are, are very upset, obviously, at the high, high profile of Katie Hobbs, the Secretary of State, and she and the fact that her office has the right to 
intervene in lawsuits and initiate lawsuits regarding voter mm-hmm. voter suppression of their various ways, voter laws um, against things like them. I assume I, it hasn't ever happened, but she probably has the power to sue a, a county if they're not following the law or something like that. So they removed all of that power from her office and given it to the attorney general. At the Is moment, they've given it to the Republican, Republican attorney general, and not only and they've removed it. Initially, they talked about removing it to start essentially the day she would leave office, January something, Uh January whatever, 15th or something, 2022. Now it will extend until June of 2022. So whoever the new secretary of state is, Republican or Democrat, for six months will have somewhat less power. But it's really just covering the fact that they that they're. Punishing Katie Hobbs for being yeah. and, for supporting the and, election and, results, and not only yeah. that, um, in during this past election cycle and ones before, the Secretary of State had the authority to spend money to hire outside consultants and outside organizations to do certain things, and they did spend some money. I don't know how much, but this says that the Secretary of State's office cannot hire an outside lawyer, to and to and, and, and that the Attorney General will not represent the Secretary of State's office. Mm. So I, I yeah. So if someone sues, I don't know. Yeah, but they, so, they, the so they've given the Secretary of State authority to hire one lawyer. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so let's shift a little bit yeah. from from what the legislature's done to, and well, it's not really shifting from that. Mm-hmm. Is the whole weird thing in Maricopa, where the Republican <laughs> Party, which is a partisan to the election, has decided that they get to count the votes. It sounds like absolute madness, you know. I mean, I, th- I think they would go insane if the if the the Democrats said, "Well, the Democratic Party gets to count the votes, and we'll see how things turn out." I think so. This was authorized by the legislature. It is funded, in, at least in part, by the legislature. Tell folks a little bit about it. Yeah, well, they've also, one of the little bit of policy in the budget bill essentially makes that possible for all future legislatures. Mm. Gives, you know, the, that was sort of a one of a kind. No one ever heard of the state senate doing that until this time. So they've written into the budget some things allowing the state legislature to require counties to share voting information with them ongoing if they so ask. And that's, that, you know, so they've made that possible you know, so the they, courts, so you know, they have ongoing a, in the future if they choose, but it is it is things when the, um, they're supposed to the, the Maricopa County fraud it. That's for Katie Hobbs will sort of basically refer to, which makes sense. It's supposed to come out next week, the week after, mm-hmm. with some information. And they hired the, the cyber ninja. They hired a, a lot they of had no experience yeah. doing this paper. kind of stuff, and they had people. They found people who ran for election and lost counting the votes in Maricopa County. Yeah, uh, obviously a very very strange. And they did out of that. They also wrote into the the budget bill on the sections to do with elections, again, nothing to do with money, um, some specific regulations on the type of paper that can be used for ballots, mm-hmm. the type of ink, some things coming on in the future. They had some real paranoid stuff well, they've about, actually written about some spe- Sharpies and yeah. about uh, secret yeah. watermarks yeah. on ballots and yeah. stuff like that. So this is aimed at and now these paranoid conspiracy yeah. so theories. So they've written a bill to try to make you know, paper and ink, and during the budget debate, one Democrat stood up and asked the Republican who was sponsoring that part, can you tell me what I don't remember the language. What these three technical terms have to do with ink mean, and they, nobody can answer it. Oh, so they God. don't. That, well, that ought to be interesting. Um, and obviously, the county recorders are all worried because the, nobody knows if you do this, can you use the existing machinery? How much is it going to cost? Where's the money coming right. from? You know, nobody right. has you know a theoretical objection to every ballot in Arizona being printed on the same kind of paper. Oh, that'll be out mm-hmm. but, interesting in but twenty. But since they aren't right now, 22. and every ballot is a different size, and the counties is different, you know, right. standardizing. Mm-hmm. 
things I, across the state. I'm very much yeah. impressed with the um, uh, Coconino recorder, who's a Democrat, and the Yavapai report, recorder. Uh, recorder, who's a Republican. I think they're very honest people doing the job, and I, I think that probably extends to the whole system. Um, they're election professionals know. with some yeah. decades of experience. A lot Handling of Republicans seem to deny professionalism. They don't seem to to understand that people are going to do their jobs as they're supposed to do, as they're required to do, whatever their political party and whatever the divide developing between political parties and political yes. thinking. A lot of people just do their job. You know, if you're a doctor and and um, you have an axe murderer as a patient, you try to save him. You don't say, "Oh, he's an axe murderer, let him go." You know, there's there's all through our society are people trying to do their jobs right. And what I see is is Republican partisanship getting so extreme that they they don't they can't even see the possibility of that that in Georgia the people counted the votes that were there. I mean that's yeah. all they did. So Karen, maybe you can talk about the Department of Justice now suing Georgia over. <laughs> do, you, do you have any? I have. I've just seen the same yeah. issue, but it's an it's happening around the country and interesting that. because the um, Supreme Court and the Congress have gutted a lot of the Voting Rights Act mm-hmm. over the last. Yeah, conservative seven, eight, seven, eight years, court, a yes. number of years, the Supreme Court and the legislature, you know, the Congress have done that. So this, but this, what's left has some teeth. So there are still some things that can be used, you know, in pl- particularly in places with a history of discrimination. And Arizona is one of those states where mm-hmm. we we used to have to submit like all of our maps for yeah. redistricting and and voting le- and laws that would change voting to the Department of Justice for approval. So the, we no the, longer have to, but the, but we're one, we are one, also one of those states with a history of of discriminatory voting practices. Right. So under uh, voter suppression works by not saying black people can't vote. It's mm-hmm. by designing a system that you think will keep the other guys yeah. voters, yeah. Democratic voters, from voting. Mm-hmm. Democratic voters are younger a lot of times. They shift their residencies. You shift your residency, you've got to fill out all kinds of new yeah. forms. Re-register again. Is, and, and, and part of the thing about examining every very carefully is being able to throw out people's registration uh, if they can find any error. And in some states, it can be nothing, a slight yeah. little, a slight little error, you know, and they and they throw out your right to vote and you don't even find out about Not it. They don't me. tell you. Yeah. So I think that the, the voter suppression folks is always phrased indirectly and generally. And they don't say we don't want black people yeah. voting on on Sunday. They say, well, we need to close the amount of time on Sunday or close Sunday voting. Or we need to require identification. Right. And then we're going to make sure that there are no, that there's only one DMV office in each county or something right. like that. Where, and it's, it's not. So where it, it, it's located in an area everybody has cars is not located in a downtown inner city area in any city. Yeah. Because even in New York City, rich people in New York City don't have cars. My son just moved to downtown Philadelphia. He hasn't taken his car to the garage since March. Yeah. yeah. But he's working from home. But even that, he can walk to everything else. So if you don't, you know, so lot, lots of The other of thing is that rural yeah, people so a lot of times long don't have a things. very hard time coming up there requiring people in, in, um, in Georgia and some other states to provide a picture of their identification card. Yeah. Now that sounds, if you have got a computer and know how to do it, right. hey, well, it's not a problem. If you live, you know, where there's a Xerox machine on the next block in a store, but if you live in a rural area, yeah. just getting pictures of your ID 
It's a really they hope effective. That'll discourage simple. just mm-hmm. enough people. Yeah, just enough people, and it's and it's meant to discourage mail-in voting. Mm-hmm. It's again, we're not going to yeah. say we're not going to let you mail-in vote. We're going to Arizona tried a couple of those things that would have required you to have additional affidavits. They didn't go anywhere. Part of this budget bill, and that's you know the technical things for voting are confusing, but it looks like some of this they they were talking about, and I'm not sure what's in the final bill about things that would have barcodes, mm. but a barcode on your ballot which would possibly mean that that ballot would be identified. Right now, all of your identifying information when you vote by mail is on the envelope. Right. Right. When they take the ballot out, your ballot, my ballot, no one knows who they are. They're like Maricopa County. They're counting a stack of ballots. Who who knows whose ballots? They they don't know whose ballots they were. All they know is these are the ballots that were cast at this precinct. So what they do is they look at the envelope, which has the signature on it. And then they they pull the ballot out of the envelope where there's no identifying. So So they don't know who you voted for. So you're saying this is something they want to do or this went into the budget? I'm I'm, I'm not sure because some of the, the bits that are pretty technical. And I haven't, you know, and it's so so recent. And when they put these budget bills on the floor, when the Senate passed them last week, I think on Tuesday, up until Tuesday morning, nobody had seen the wording. Oh, and they were doing the night. They knew the this. general yeah. idea, but no one in the legislature of either party had actually seen, you know, on page 23, line 5, it says, you know, they hadn't seen that. So and, you're playing catch up trying they, to figure yeah. out what and they, they did. And they cut the time for, for debate down so far that most of those things, there was no time to debate. They right. allowed 30 minutes total debate time for each bill, three <laughs> minutes a person, which meant 10 people. Ten representatives could get up and, and speak. No filibustering this time. Yeah. Mm. And normally they've had, you know, the individual people could each speak for three minutes, but everybody could speak. And in, in the House, that would mean 60 people times three minutes. Every, every one of those 60 people could stand up and talk for three minutes on every co- bill. Mm. This time, no. The total debate. So a lot of these things, you know, it's only now that people are reading those bills. The, mm-hmm. the, all the outside groups, even some of the legislators are reading them and saying, whoops, look at this. I didn't really know that it said this on page 25. So. Why don't we, you know, and, and I'm looking at Wendy Rogers, who won <laughs> and uh, RLD. Why don't Republicans ever... Well, I guess they do sometimes elect moderate conservative, just regular old-fashioned conservative. Why so many, they call wing nuts, but somebody who's absorbed in conspiracy theories that that she seems almost insane in her well, politics? We know, and traditionally that's because you know, not just in Arizona, but in many states, the majority of legislative districts are almost always going to be won by one party. Yeah. You know, that's there aren't, are very few where it really is 50-50. So it, it depends on who runs in your primary. People and voters don't understand. Voters don't participate in the primary. In our specific legislative district, we did have an extremely, extremely conservative, longtime legislator, Sylvia Allen, who was defeated by Wendy Rogers in the primary. Wendy Rogers ran a campaign. You saw her signs. Her sign said, I love Trump. I love guns. Vote for me. And pictures uh, of her in uniform. And, and she's a former uh, fighter pilot. Pictures of her in uniform. She's retired military. And if you look at what she's done, she has, and I see her tweets, I see her Facebook page, of every, she comments daily on something. Of all those days, I don't know how many days it's been since she got elected, maybe 20 or 30 of those posts really talk about bills affecting Arizona. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are about the Maricopa County audit. They're about the fact that Donald Trump really won the election. So she's still running a national campaign. She's not focused. Whereas I 
you know, so I didn't agree with hardly anything Sylvia Allen said, but I give her credit. Everything she did was focus on this bill will make it better for people in Arizona. Right. She, you know, her energy, like mo- and good or bad, most of the Republicans' energy and the Democrats is focused on this is a bill that's going to help. My opinion is going to make Arizona good. It's going to help. Right. Most, so, but so Wendy Rogers is not focused on that. She's she's the person who's been escorting all these out of state senators and representatives around the the audit. And she's not from Maricopa County. You know, she's from up here. Right. But she's the, and she talks about um, that all the time. She posts pictures with people from Pennsylvania and um, people from Texas and. So, so right-wing <laughs> folks from all over the country are coming and putting in an yeah. appearance, and some of them are getting paid by. Uh, groups to come here, apparently, uh, can't probably be using the legislature's money. But the legislature is wasting all the money on yeah. this on this partisan vote counting. It just seems like uh, just seems like madness that you would have one political party counting the votes in the yeah. election. You have two political parties. Yeah, okay, well, you guys count too. It just seems. Yeah. Republican, it seems yeah. like madness. It seems well, like preposterous. And it also seems start. like some of this is the same mindset we've seen on a number of issues. You know, locally here, we all know about short-term rentals, where the idea that the legislature in Arizona is the are the only people with the experience, quote unquote, whatever, to make laws for the rest of us. Right. We know that, how every single yeah, county works. Lower level knows. elected officials, yeah. school boards, fire boards, cities, towns, counties, they don't have the expertise or the intelligence to pass local bills. Mm-hmm. So some of these things on the on the voting is the same. This idea about every county should use the same paper. I mean, right, the county recorders have a system that works. But we, the legislature wants control over some of these things. The same, you want a statewide civics curriculum. We've never had a statewide curriculum on anything. We did have a we did have a whole program on basically what the state had done, particularly yeah. the governor, but also the legislature to hurt Sedona yeah. in terms. Well, there was of, another uh, one of those bills. Short-term rentals. Yeah. I mean, they uh, yeah. it, totally irresponsible. Yeah. They didn't think it through. The, yeah. the, the Goldwater Institute told them to go ahead, and yeah. they went ahead, and it sounded all really nice, and it's Oh, it's been devastating one for, of the for other, our policy, but I was going to say, yeah. ask you about the school system yeah. here. Well, schools are just on the other issues. One of the other bills, which affected Sedona, the bill they passed some years ago that said any legislator could ask the attorney general to investigate any city or town that passed an, a, a, a law that they didn't like. Mm-hmm. And somebody reported there when, when Sedona tried to impose business licenses for short-term rental owners right after that law right. passed. And somebody from Tucson or somewhere complained, and they, they backed off on that. They've now changed that wording that says that any legislator can ask the attorney general to investigate, not if you pass an actual ordinance, like a law on your books, but a policy. And policies are internal and don't, you know, a policy is a, you know, we all agree on the policy. It's the policy. It's not necessarily the voters don't vote in. It's not. It's a different. Right. Right. But it's a lower level of thing. So now that anybody could do that, it does say that so the attorney general has to go over that one more time. Go over the one one yeah. more time. So any legislature, any uh, legislator Karen. can com- can complain to the attorney general that a policy of any city or county is somehow unconstitutional against Arizona law. It's pretty vague. And, can, and ask the attorney general to investigate. Mm. And our own representative actually did it. He got he got somebody else to pretend that she was doing yeah. it who well, wasn't like, running for re-election. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, it, and we, uh, aren't, we aren't the only city or county that's had that kind of an investigation. But, again, it's the idea that the, the, a legislature from a legislator from inner city Phoenix who may be very familiar with the issues of big city 
finance can somehow feel that they they know better than the than the elected officials in a small rural town right. who understand you know the econ- economy of their rural area mm-hmm. but it's all the same idea that the legislators have more so more it's just to, astonishing legislation yeah. trying to micromanage every yeah. elected elected official below which removes the idea that republicans used to hold up as local control right, they used exactly. to hold up local control against democrats that the democrats wanted to impose from up above national standards mm-hmm. state standards on whatever it might be that we all we wanted to make sure that everybody in the state of arizona thought the same way mm-hmm. now it's the republicans trying to make sure that everybody in the state of arizona you know, we can think differently, but we can't act, you know, acts the same way. But it's sort of a, a flip around on things. But they're still at the same time talking about they're the party of local control. Well, they mm. really aren't the party of local and control. There's nothing that can be done, I suppose, like people like uh, Gosar, who's a congressional representative, a part of the Verde Valley, I believe, and and on, and uh, west of here. Cottonwood and most of the Verde Valley out most there, of Sedona, Valley, is yeah. in, in Paul Gosar's yeah. congressional uh, we district. We have a different representative here, um, Tom O'Halloran. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing really can be done about this because he he survives he the Republican primary, and so he may be really bat crap crazy, mm-hmm. but but he he still wins the election, and he then you go to the the general election and Republicans vote for Republicans, which makes sense. And Democrats vote you, for you Democrats. You can't recall a congressman. You no. know, in Arizona, we can recall state legislators. Not every state allows that. And we have. We recalled the, the, the uh, Phoenix district that's, that Russell Pierce, Pierce represented. They recalled him some years ago. People remember he was the guy who was the architect of the SB 1070 bill that yeah. show me your papers, the really right. anti-immigrant bill. And his people in his district recalled him, mm-hmm. replaced him with another Republican, but with a very which an honestly moderate Republican who's no longer in the legislature. He served one or two terms, and and, he, and I think he got very frustrated. He wanted to do something else. Well, Karen, <laughs> you're leading me to my question. I've been wanting to ask you, which is uh, civic engagement and how difficult it is to get ordinary people to have any level of curiosity about what's going on and i know coming out for me last year's uh, protests and looking at how laws are made it really sent me down a wormhole to and you when you yeah. started this conversation about how difficult it is to see what the legislature's doing but there is a process that people yeah. can participate in um and one of my favorite groups is civic uh, engagement beyond yeah, voting yeah. Mm-hmm. so people uh, how what do you do about people's just lack of interest in what's happening in government and getting people involved on a local level just in their own communities? Well, we know it's everybody, and in some of these, it's easy to get people involved after the fact, mm-hmm. after some of it. It's hard to get people to prevent things from happening. And that, but this year, for example, the Civic Engagement Beyond Voting and similar groups that talked about the re- Request to Speak system, uh-huh, yeah. which allowed you to sit at your computer and type in yeah. comments on bills that were mm-hmm. in when they were being heard in committees. Yeah. There were bills that passed committees on which literally a thousand people wrote comments saying, don't pass this bill. Wow. And three people said, pass the bill. And they passed the bill on a straight party line vote. So even where we've used the system. And, wow. Wow, I didn't know and, that. Yeah, there were th- things that were phenomenal things. And you look yeah. at these people, most of the people sign in as self. So you can see if you're representing, if you're a lobbyist, you have to say that you're the lobbyist. And you see you see organizations. We've got, but it, we've got yeah. two minutes uh, yeah. left. And so we have to wrap up yeah. the discussion. Well, the, the real, Do you have a 30-second description of um, the best thing that happened at the um, legislature well, this last then, session? And, yeah, a few little things. But the main thing that we all have to look at from this is that the only thing you can do to change this is to change the people sitting in the chairs. Yeah, Which exactly. really means that right now 
you need to be looking wherever you live. You need to be looking around at who's who your current elected official are is and who they are. There's three in each district, mm-hmm. and and if you don't like them, find somebody to run. Yeah, and yeah. don't and make sure that whoever it is that's running against them, that you're publicizing them. You know, the mm-hmm. free publicity through house parties, Facebook, Twitter, and writing checks, of course. Yeah. But to make sure because some of these Republicans. Even in Republican districts, did not win by huge number right. percentage of votes. Yeah. So, so we we want to yeah. thank yeah. Uh, Karen yeah. McCullen, thank who's you, our Karen. big expert on on state politics. Um, um, what would what would be my blessed? Uh, best announcements. I would want to thank Door. We want to thank the Yavapai Democratic Party, and we want to thank El Portal for supporting us. We really appreciate the support. We know it's not that easy to support a radio program that's completely independent, and, and we do appreciate that. Ava, you got last words? Uh, well, I uh, I really want to thank Karen for coming in today. I really love getting people inspired to pay a little more attention to how all of this works and not get involved after the fact. And it's not that hard to do to really pay attention to what's happening in our communities. Um, all our our shows are recorded on, on a podcast on our in our website, but they're also recorded in an amazing number of things like oh, iTunes. The there are so many mirror podcast. sites now Thank that I so never much. even heard of. Yeah. Yes. You've been listening to Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show focusing on the political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and our nation at large. Catch us every Monday morning after the 8 a.m. news, right here on AM 780 KAZM. It's beautiful out there, folks. Have a great day.